from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And to maybe provide something that would provide, uh, give the listener an escape or uh, allow them to take it on their own journey. So just a soundtrack, you know. purpose of it for me as a musician is to make other people happy. So you, it, the idea then with the songs and stuff is, is an, I feel like there's a level of hope in all of it. And that was really at that time we were all feeling it. Things are going to get better and they have, you know. They have. And, and it feels very transitional and here it is again in the fall and it's feeling the same. The record feels as good as it did in the spring. I'm Sarah Fenske. Remember last winter? That was tough. The pandemic had been dragging along for three seasons at that point. Vaccines were still out of reach for most Americans. And as temperatures dropped, seeing loved ones safely got hard. Mikey Whaling struggled during that winter of discontent. But unlike many of us, he channeled his angst into something creative. His new album, Camp Scout, was inspired by that time. And his travels through the woods of eastern Missouri with his dog Scout and his latest instrumental acquisition... A dobro. the title track from Camp Scout. It's dedicated to musician Mikey Whaling's dog, Scout. And joining us now is Mikey Whaling. Mikey, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about your travels with Scout. Where did you two go as you were first thinking about and conceiving this album? Well, the idea was is to, 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 to kind of lose ourselves in the location of the moment. So often we would be out in Buford where my family has a farm. Um, it was originally my great-grandfather's, and, and it's become quite a, a lovely uh, respite away from the city. And for people who don't know Buford, uh, how does one get there? Uh, just past Union, oh, okay. uh, off of 44. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a little, it's a very small town, for sure. So you spent a lot of time in Buford with just Scout? Yeah, with just Scout. Nobody lives on the property currently, so it sits there, and uh, and myself and my cousins, my uncle, my father, we use it as uh, basically a vacation home. And then the, the land itself is sharecropped. Um, but there are still plenty of wooded areas and creeks and, and, and fun stuff to find uh, adventures in. So our idea was is to go out there and, uh, and kind of feel the vibe of the moment, you know, not to get too uh, into that kind of feelings uh, uh, energy, but um, to then take whatever technique I had been working on with the Dobro and then use that to create a new composition and then capture that composition in the moment 
um, by using just an iPhone or an iPad to because it was just me and Scout there together. And she's had so many years of being photographed. She's become really uh, a, a wonderful participant in these projects. So, so she's part of these sessions. But so you're actually recording it just on an iPhone out there in Buford? That's, yeah, well, that's what led to this album? Well, that's what led to the album. The album itself was done here in St. Louis at Midtown uh, Studios, Midtown Soundhouse, which is just uh, not too far from this location, actually. And um, we did that all in one take. But the original videos were captured. They were I wanted to capture the compositions in their in their genesis, in their in their in their infancy. And uh, there's a certain energy to those performances, and then a certain energy that also comes with the album. And I feel like the two are very complementary pieces. And so when you talk about the videos that go with this, I think I saw one of these on TikTok. I, I saw you sitting on a chair in a stream, and the water is just kind of streaming past you. Scout is playing behind you. And you're there playing your dobro. I assume it's a dobro. Um, so did you? You actually are sitting in a stream as water rushes past you. This really is. Yeah. And we happened to find a sandbar where it was still water, but you know, uh, uh, not super deep. And 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 the idea again was the to incorporate her into it and the sounds of the of of what was happening around the birds, the water. And in, in that video, we happened to capture an amazing moment because there was a school of fish that was swimming around. Mm-hmm. So that's actually what she's following around in the video and you can capture her in a minute and they're popping up out of the water and they've captured and it just happened to all line itself up beautifully. So I imagine there might be some people listening at this point who are like when are they going to explain what a dobro is and this would have been me a week ago I had no idea what a dobro was what is a dobro? Well truth be told I had never even seen well I had seen them in person but I had never played one at all until last February and it was gifted to me by my father so to describe it basically it's a fretless banjo in in its timbre or how it would sound is how I would describe it and you use a slide. Sometimes you can play them typically like a guitar or you can play it flat in your lap. I was using one where you play it flat on your lap um, and then you use a, a combination of finger picks and the slide and it gives you basically three voices because you're using your thumb and your two fingers. So you can get a bass and a, and, and a middle voice and then a, a melody going as well. So it was really um, not only a challenge to learn this new instrument that I had no clue about going into that is also fairly simple in its, in its design. It's just two G major chords. It's tuned to an open tuning. So to even get to some kind of a minor sound or a darker sound, it's incredibly, it can be tricky. So Mm. it's an instrument that presented itself with a lot of, uh, with uh, a lot of difficulties and that inspired the uh, creativity. So this really was your pandemic challenge for yourself. Yeah, obviously I had a lot of time on my hands. (laughs) A lot of us did. (laughs) So to me, it kind of sounds like a banjo. Is that reductive? It, it, it is in, in, in the timbre, but the fact that I'm using a slide, then it's very different. Whereas the banjo, you would use your fingers um, uh, with your left hand. In this case, I'm using a, a metal bar as a slide. So for the most part, the bar is is kept at a, at, a, at a straight line, but you can use it at an angle. You can use just the tip of it like you would your finger. And all of these techniques, uh, I was I, I basically watched about 10 or 15 minutes of a DVD that was also given to me with it, and then tried to incorporate as I was learning those techniques into writing new tunes. You watched 10 minutes of a video and could just take it from there? Well, you know, I've been a teacher for quite a long time, so I was maybe 15 minutes. But okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, but there was not, a lot of instant success. Yeah, but. a lot of beautiful information. It was Jerry Douglas, and when people talk about Dobro, that's typically what they say. He's hmm. the first name that pops up, often the only name that pops up. So I owe it all to him, as most Dobro players do. He's an amazing musician, and his DVD was really fun and interesting. And hmm. uh, so he played, and basically I just tried to absorb it as much as I could. And then the idea of learning traditional songs or someone else's music has never really been where my heart is. So I was like, I will write songs to then learn how to play this instrument. And it all kind of coalesced. So we're going to play one of those songs right now. This is the first track on your album. It's titled Woodpiles and Barns. And we should note it also features your uh, collaborator, Gavin Duffy, on the bass. That is Woodpiles and Barns. Um, It's from Mikey Whaling, a St. Louis-based musician who's here with us today. His new album is Camp Scout. It's just out. Um, So we kind of heard a key change there in that. That's something that's pretty tricky to do. It is. It is. And uh, trying to get away from the typical uh, three-chord or two-chord bluegrass uh, vibe while still sticking with that Americana kind of uh, Appalachia feel was uh, was part of it. Norman Blake is a big influence of mine, and I feel like he often did that with a lot of his records. He's a, a, a flat-picking guitar player who also featured Dobro on his records. So the idea of taking American music, Americana music, and kind of trying to nudge it in new directions while paying you know respect to the past and the traditions, um, particularly with that Bolt Ford track um, and the use of tampora, which is a synthetic instrument that is used typically in South Indian classical music or in all Indian classical music. And the idea there was kind of an East meets Eastern Missouri vibe. Well, so. I'm glad you brought that up because I think actually we should play that track as well. So this is called Bolt, Bolt Ford Crossing, and this involves the tempura. And so this is an Eastern instrument that you've incorporated. You're playing both of these instruments well, it, on yes. separate tracks? So what it was is uh, it's typically a stringed instrument that provides a synthetic drone in Indian music. And people will recognize the sound instantly as, oh, that sounds like Indian music. Um, It is typically played either or it it can be uh, uh, reproduced with a uh, device or a box type situation. So I actually found a fantastic app that was an Indian made app. It's more complex than I could ever have asked for and uh, dialed in a specific drone for this track. Okay. Well, we're going to hear the results of this right now. This is Bolt Ford Crossing.
And that is Bolt Forward Crossing uh, from the musician Mikey Whaling. So, Mikey, I mean, you sort of talk about East meets Americana, but it's also in some ways Electronica meets Americana in that you're bringing an app into something that has such a traditional sound. Um, Do you typically experiment with things like apps and, you know, you're not playing the strings, you're programming it? Yeah, I'm definitely not afraid of integrating technology. In fact, the last record I put out, uh, Hearth Songs, was half uh, done instrumentally uh, acoustic using uh, guitars and and ukuleles, and the other half uh, incorporated vintage drum machines and older synthesizers and uh, kind of a a dichotomy of a night and day, day and night kind of vibe. So I feel like technology is definitely not your enemy. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't ride horses around anymore. But... You know, I want to also respect the past and, and um, as I've talked about before, limiting my options to incre- create more creativity, to force yourself to think outside differently or to just not have as many options. You know, sometimes with the guitar, it feels like I'm looking at thousands of colors after years of, of playing it and studying it and teaching it. So the dobro, it was all of a sudden like, oh, I have five primary colors to work with. What can I do with this? Yeah. You know, one of the options it seems like you've taken off the table is having vocalization. I mean, in some of your past projects, you do sing. You mm-hmm. can sing. But you're not singing these days. No, you know, within the past four or five years, I've put out mostly all instrumental work. And I have sung in the past, and I do love singing, and I love music with vocals. I feel like with with so much that's gone on that it, it's been best to just step away and to not say anything and to maybe provide something that would provide uh, – give the listener an escape or uh, allow them to take it on their own journey. So just a soundtrack, you know, you listen to it in the car or you're out uh, uh, running or jogging or something in the woods and uh, in, in not necessarily telling you where I want you to go, but allowing you to go where you'd like to and just kind of guiding you. So you feel like when you say so much going on, you feel like we're maybe all too insistent on on being heard, on on talking. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of that, you know. So it was nice to just maybe not say anything. You know, I'm not going to ever say that I won't sing on records in the future. Like I said, I really enjoy it. Yeah. But for me, for now, it has felt best to just provide a uh, soundtrack, like I was saying, someplace to an escape for you to go where you want as a listener, though, I'm not really trying to dictate your your path, your adventure. I want you to find it on your own. So this adventure came out of a time when the world was pretty bleak, um, but it, it sounds optimistic. Was that intentional? I think so. I think my heart was hoping for that. At that point, you know, when I first started picking up the instrument, that was still pre, I hadn't, uh, you know, been vaccinated or anything. Mm-hmm. The, those things weren't really even, they were just starting to come to fruition. So it was pretty a bleak time, you know, being a musician and a teacher, I haven't been able to interact with people or get, you know, an audience to, to have feedback to or to, you know, share. And, and, and the whole purpose of it for me as a musician is to make other people happy. So you, it, the idea then with the songs and stuff is, is an, I feel like there's a level of hope in all of it. And that was really at that time we were all feeling it. Things are going to get better. And they have, you know. They have. And, and it feels very transitional. And here it is again in the fall. And it's feeling the same. The record feels as good as it did in the spring. Do you feel like being able to be in nature and sort of get yourself out of the city, get yourself away from everybody talking, like that's what allowed you to have those reserves of optimism when so many other people just ran out? Definitely. Again, forcing that creativity 
activity. You know, there's one of the beauty parts of the farm and uh, often the areas we go to is that the cell phone service, it, it, it doesn't work very well. Ah. So, yes, instantly you're forced to, to, to deal with the situation around you more you know, and be in the moment. And, uh, you know, I'm as guilty as the next person. You know, I'm not putting my nose you know, at anybody who who's on their phone all the time. But taking that time where you're forced to be away from it is very important, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a good prescription there for yeah. some of us, I think. Well, so you mentioned, you know, very hard to do these teaching jobs, certainly impossible to do some of these performances. Is that starting to change or are you still waiting to get to that moment? That has changed and it's been great. In fact, this album has been a wonderful conduit for that, for being able to perform it solo. It's been able to get out and do house shows. You don't have to worry about breathing on your fellow musicians. Exactly. We did a wonderful event at such and such farms uh, out near DeSoto um, last Sunday. It was a beautiful event. We had several chefs, Bob Brazil and Chris Bork. They did a wonderful feast in this barn. And so all of these opportunities have have arised from an instrument that I previously probably would have never picked up. Mm -hmm. So there is some, and, and we found this with many folks that I've talked to, that there is some beautiful things that have come out of what has been a dark time. So, Mikey, I got to ask you one last thing. I understand that Scout is actually at your house in South St. Louis listening to us right now. I feel so flattered to have this audience. What do you think Scout is doing as she's hearing you and and hearing this music? (laughs) You think she's getting excited? She is. She's patiently waiting for me, I'm sure. And and darling, don't worry, you'll get T-E-R-E-A-T-S when I get home. But we are actually leaving to go camping as soon as this interview is over. So she knows something is happening. The tent has been out. The the, the things are happening. So all morning she's been on me more so than uh, usual, like glue. So I'm sure as she's snoozing on the couch currently, she's ready. So this is literally the least interesting thing that is going to happen to her today, (laughs) is listening to this radio interview. Yeah, let's be honest. Man, well, we've set quite a bar here. I really hope that for others who've been tuning in that that they have that they were looking forward to this, much like Scout is looking forward to camping. Yeah. Um, and how cool that she's able to be a part of this. Yeah, I think we're going to try to shoot another video while we're out there. Oh, so. okay, great. So more videos are coming. If people yeah. want to catch those, where can they find them? You know, those? I am on TikTok and I'm on Instagram. We're working on getting them on YouTube, but all of my music is available on Spotify, all streaming, and MikeyWhaling.com is the easiest way to get to purchase the music or to stream it directly. Well, Mikey Whaling, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. And you know what? Let's go out of today's show with just a little bit more of Bolt Ford Crossing. This episode was produced by Evie Hemphill with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you.
St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.